Konnichiwa, minasan. Welcome to Java's in Japan podcast. Podcast where me, a data scientist living in Japan who studies a lot of stuff about Japan culture and also is a nomad worker now in Japan, traveling Japan, seeing places, experiencing new things, and meeting a lot of cool people. And last month, not last month, really this month when this is up, but a few weeks ago from my recording this, I was in Shizuoka. And it's the first time I really stayed in Shizuoka. And I was there, well, to do dress hopping, to see new places, but one reason I went there is to go and see a shrine. Kuno Toshogu is a, basically a shrine up a hill. A thousand steps to get up to this shrine, and it's one of the best shrines, I think, in Japan, and it's got quite a lot of meaning in Japanese history. As well, Tokugawa Ieyasu is enshrined here. If you don't know who that is, well, we'll explain a little bit about him in today's episode and the shrine of Kunoto Shogu, what's in the theme of today's episode of Jin Japan. So, if you're interested in that and want to come to Japan yourself, get a little notepad, because this is a place I recommend you definitely go. Kunoto Shogu, well, it's Kuno Mountain. Kunozan. So Kuno is the name of the mountain, but in your case San, where it's sort of mountain Yama at the end of it, and it goes Kuno San. So this was actually originally a temple, and it's supposed to be around for a long time before it was well a shrine, because you've got this difference between Buddhism and Shinto. And this has been around since one of the first Buddhism came to Japan since the seventh century, and it was a key part of some of the early trade routes in the Kamakaraka period with the first sort of samurai shoguns got took over. But it suddenly burnt down. And then when the Warring States period happened in Japan from the 15th to the late 16th century, a fierce warlord, Takeda Shingen, decided, well, this is the perfect place to put a castle on top. Of course, it was the perfect place to put a castle on top. And it's a big mountain where you can look over the whole area who's coming and going and it's basically the perfect place to really put a castle so you put a castle up there but when Takata Shingen died when he got died in battle Tokugawa Ieyasu the Tokugawa family kind of took over his area what is now current day Shizuoka prefecture and they ruled it well pretty well and if you don't know who Tokugawa Ieyasu was in sort of the Japanese warring states, when Japan is basically in a period of civil war, three heroes like really emerged from the sort of central area of Nagoya, when you like the current day Aichi Prefecture. And I think yeah, I think it was some Aichi Prefecture. I can't get the wrong name correctly, but if I get it wrong, that's fine. More episodes on these later on. But they emerged like Tokaiyasu was one of them. You have what Nobunaga and Hideyoshi. So Nobunaga was the main guy, and he went and basically beat up all the other people. But, while well, he got assassinated, Honnochi no Hen, and burnt in a temple in Kyoto. And after this happened, his sort of like sidekick, Hideyoshi, took control. And he was, it's quite a really good story of Hideyoshi, it's basically the, the, basically the underdog story, coming from nothing to be rule of Japan, pretty much. But he was a bit of a dick and a bit of a brutal warlord. And was a bit mean to some of the other lords. One of them he wasn't too nice to was Tokar Iyasu after. They were friends, they fought together, but when he took over, he was like, you just keep this area and then you go to this marshland called Edo, you're banished there. Just just 
do stuff there. And then, well, he did. He made the city of Edo. Well, it's current day in Tokyo. So, you know, Ogawa guy is pretty got a good for his head, good for him. He knows how to get a country government, he knows how to make money and make a very good city. But when this Hideyoshi guy died, he had a kid and basically none of the warlords were like, we're not going to let this kid become the new ruler. <laughs> Screw this guy. So Toko Iyasu went all the way to Osaka with an army, didn't get all the way there and they met in Sekigahara. What's between Nagoya? Well, actually, not Nagoya. So if you want to go from Nagoya and you want to go to Shiga Prefecture, which is like the big lake, Lake Biwa. You go for this like narrow road surrounded by mountains, and that's called Sekigahara. And they had a big fight there, and Togawa Iyasu won. So he was won, and then basically no one could really stand against him anymore. So he was basically now the main warlord because all the other warlords they were basically dead or had no real troops or finances left to wage a war. So Togawa Iyasu, he took control. And he was still, at this stage, he was pretty of an old man. And this was 1600? Yeah, on the turn of the 16th century. This battle took over. And Togawa Iyasu then took over all of Japan and led to sort of the Edo period, which is like 200 years of peace in Japan. Well, it's basically also 200 years of isolation from foreigners. And when he did this, he took over, he was the shogun, like the ruler of Japan, for I think two years? And then he was like, nah, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to chill in this place called Suzyoka, and drink lots of tea, and like great views of Mount Fuji. And that's what he did for the rest of his life. So when he died in 1616, he wanted to continue protecting his people. He wanted to continue protecting the people of Edo, his fellow people in Suzuoka, so he had an idea to become a god. And this is where it gets interesting, because this is when it gets to the foundation of Kuno Toshogu, and the Shogu Shrines, or the Toshogu Shrines. Because it's not the only one in this branch, we also have Nikko Toshogu, the famous shrine in Nikko, with the very, very famous gold gate. But there's a connection between these shrines. That is, if you go from Nikko, Nikko Toshogu, and take a line, and put that line in Kuno Toshogu, it crosses Mount Fuji, like over the top. And then if you take the North Star, from the gates at Nikko Toshogu, it goes all the way down to Edo, where it's current day Tokyo, and it goes to the Imperial Palace, what used to be Edo Castle. So it's like he ascended to godhood, and then for all these sort of spiritual star signs, he placed shrines in such a way that, well, he could maybe, if this is all true and real, spirituality, he could descend to a god, he could continue protecting the people of Edo and Kanto regions on his death. And this, the supposedly shrine where his body is buried, is Kuno Toshangu. Yeah, I said it too fast there. Kuno Toshogu. And so, it's a very well-kept and pretty shrine, as well you hit 200 years of peace. He's a very important character in Japanese history. And well, he's definitely, when you look at the shrine, similar to a godhood in some way. Because it's very, very pretty. So now that's got that history about the shrine, let's talk about actually how I got to this shrine. So, when I like traveling shrines, I like to make them a bit more 
well, more than just take a bus and car or a train and just walk up, done. I like a bit more physical activity, and this one's great for that. So first off, I was staying in a place called Mochimuni. What's to the east? Oh, from the west side, far west side of Shizuoka City. So I took a bike from there. Not really a bike, it was more like one of those travel bikes, or small ones with no gears, very slow. And I took a bike all the way to the shrine. Basically, you go all along the seafront of Shizuoka City, and it took about 45 minutes. It was like 15k on this tiny bike. <laughs> so I arrived there on this tiny bike. I didn't really realize that how many steps there were. I knew there were steps, but I didn't realize there were like a thousand steps. And there are a thousand steps you gotta walk up. So Togo Iyasu was a very genius guy, but he did like to well make people walk a lot. And one of the things he did when he ruled, he made all the other warlords come to Edo pretty much regularly. And they had to walk all the way to Edo, like with all the men, samurai and stuff, so there's a lot of effort. So I really think this sort of spirit of Togo Iyasu was kind of being, like, showing his power through other people, having to walk to him. Walk to his power is really showing this shrine. Because you got to walk up a thousand steps, it can be a bit tiring. And being after, I just did like a 15k cycle ride. Makes it a little bit challenging, a bit more fun, I feel. But going up this shrine, doing all the steps, makes it so much more rewarding, because the views on the top are amazing. You don't get a view of Fuji, but you get a view of the whole Tsuzuoka coastline. And you can also take a monorail up even higher, past the shrine, to a plane at the top of the mountain, where you can see Fuji from. So if you have time, I recommend you do that. And now when you arrive at the shrine, at the top, you get to just walk through its grounds, with small steps, but it's not of the castle, it's not of the gates, and it's all really well preserved and very, very pretty. Especially when you get to the main sort of temple, you just see so many core drawings, carvings, paintings all over. It's more of a work of art than like a temple. It just shows his power. This we do get a lot in the Toshogu shrines. They're very artistic, very pretty. Lots of fine detail and lots of things to look at. You can look at them for a long time and always find new things. But there's one thing you can't miss when you come to the shrine is that you've got to walk behind it. Because when you walk behind the main shrine, there's well, another little pathway you need to go down. And that pathway, well, it's the actual supposedly grave where supposedly Toga Iyasu's remains are enshrined or are buried. It's like a big, big pot. You can't go in close to it, but you can see it and it's pretty cool. But it's like, are they still supposedly there? It's a bit ups and downs, because he's also supposed to be enshrined in other places. He could also be in Nikko Toshogu, but it's not 100% clear. But he's probably likely here in Kuno Toshogu. So, you can go that, see the pretty shrine where his spirit's enshrined, then we can go and see his remains in a big pot. And after that, well, it's time to head back down the mountain. But before you do, I do recommend you check out the little museum next to it. Because this museum actually has real stuff. Like the real stuff Togabi Yasu owned. And these are quite hard to find. 
like Toka Iyasu was like the top one of the top shoguns, the top lords, like seeing his swords, his actual armor. And some other things were really interesting to me. There was a clock. Like Toka Iyasu actually trade with Spain and foreign countries and he got gifts. And there was like original European style clock from the sixteenth century, still intact. Still there preserved. I don't think it still works, but they made a recreation of what works. But these sort of things are like lost in Europe, and it's like there's still one in Japan, and it's kind of funny. So it's a nice thing to go and see that. And if you're interested more about the Tokar family, it's another bit more about other family members. And it's a nice little museum to see. And it's supposed to be a bit more into the Japanese history side. I want to see real Japanese. Like the Samurai Warrior Army, not the replicates, the real stuff. There's always something to go and have a seat. And now, when you're done, you've seen all the shrines, it's time to head back down. And when you head back down, well, you've probably seen it if you go up, strawberries. Lots and lots and lots of strawberries. So, before Kuno Toshangi, yeah, it went wrong again. Kuno Toshogu, there's like a shrubby road. It's basically, Shizuoka Prefecture is famous for strawberries, like really famous for strawberries. And the whole coastline of Shizuoka, this sort of area, is covered in strawberry farms. So when I was taking the cycle ride there, going through, I do recommend you do this, not take the bus. There's lots of independent strawberry like farms, and outside they have strawberries you can buy. And in Japan, strawberries are expensive, like really expensive. Like you can go to a shop and they'd be like, go yakuen for like two strawberries. You're like what? I'm not paying like five dollars for two strawberries. That's stupid. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. So when you go through these farms that were reasonably priced, you're like, oh, I could buy some strawberries, but I'm going to the shrine. Oh, I don't have a bag. But if you do come here and do take bags, I do recommend you come here and buy some of the local strawberries, because that's great. And just before the shrine, there's lots of omiyagi shops, like souvenir shops with lots of strawberry-based merchandise. So if you love strawberries, this is also the shrine to visit. So, I'm going to end there on today's talk about Kuno Toshogu. And if you want to see more pictures and videos of this, I made a little tour in CapCut Pro. It's a pretty good video editing app for the phone, and it's kind of been fun to do little tours. Like being a bit like a vlogger while I'm going around these shrines. So please give that a watch, and if you have any thoughts, any comments, and anything you want to know about Japan, please feel free to send me a message. Personal requests are always welcome. And if you're also in Japan, Japanese, want to teach me anything about Japanese culture, please let me know, because I'm open also to collaborations. If you want to be interviewed by me, please, feel free to message. So, minasan, saigo madiki to go to the arigatou gozaimashita. Minasan, sabareshi ichi ni shiyo. Jiyane.